Hello and welcome to the Smart Witch Podcast and thanks so much for joining me today. Um, It just occurred to me recently that I never introduce myself (laughs) when I um, go into a new episode, so I'm going to try to start doing that so long as I remember. So if you are new here to the Smart Witch Podcast or even if you're not, um, my name is Allie and I'm a certified crystal healer. I'm a level three Reiki practitioner. I am a practicing witch of 13 years, and I'm also a astrologer and tarot reader, both self-taught in both of those areas. So those are my qualifications. That's what I'm about. And I'm so happy that you're here. And here, basically, we just chat about witchcraft and tarot, astrology, magic, ritual, uh, manifestation, law of attraction, all those fun things. So I'm really glad that you have found me. And today, we are actually going to talk about a really important astrological event, which has just occurred, which is Mars stationing retrograde in his ruling sign of Aries, which at the time of my recording, um, it is Thursday the 10th, and I'm probably going to release this episode um, on Friday the 11th. Uh, But regardless, at the time of your hearing this, Mars has already stationed direct. This occurred on Wednesday, the 9th of September, and Mars will remain retrograde all the way until mid-November. I think it goes uh, uh, direct on the 13th of November to be exact, but it's a good two-month period where we're traversing this energy. And as with every retrograde, there's a lot of fatalistic astrology out there um, available. If you were to look up Mars retrograde right now, there would be a pretty cut and dry list of things that you are not quote unquote supposed to do during Mars retrograde periods, or there would just be kind of a, a really disturbing list of qualities or things that just would be ill fated were you to start them now. And I really want to have a more nuanced conversation here, which if, you're, um, if you've been with me for a while and you've been a listener, then you know that that's what we do here. We kind of modernize and rethink some of the more old school fear-based um, spiritual warnings and conversations, especially as they pertain to astrology and tarot. And so I want to talk about Mars Retro as it affects all of us collectively, especially in Aries. And I also want to talk about how we can um, interpret this event on an individual scale and how you, as a presumably um, amateur astrologer, although you might also be somewhat advanced in your practice, um, can understand how Mars retrograde might affect you personally, because it does have a lot to do with your natal birth chart, as well as just your personal energy field, which of course your birth chart is directly related to. So first and foremost, if you are new here to the podcast, then you might be new to astrology. So I'm just going to quickly refer to um, what a retrograde planet is for those who may not know. Um, So anytime a planet goes retrograde, this is not actually any sort of a physical shift in the planet's movement. It's actually completely an illusion. So it's when from our perspective on Earth, a planet appears to kind of stop in its 
its path and then like be stationary for a time and then move appear from our perspective on Earth to move backward for a period of time before eventually standing still again and then eventually resuming forward motion. So that's what a retrograde period refers to. Again, it's an illusion. It's not something that's actually occurring physically. The planet's not changing its course of, of movement. Um, it's an illusion very similar to the one that you experience if you are driving in a car and the car next to you is moving slower and it looks from your perspective as though the car next to you is actually in reverse. Or if you are on a boat and you're looking at a stationary object, it looks like that object is moving backwards, but it's actually still and you're just moving forward. It's a very similar kind of cool little effect. So nothing crazy is actually happening. It's just an illusion but it is still considered to be extremely astrologically significant when this happens. And all retrogrades are different, so we really have to consider the, the energy of the particular planet. And the personal planets, referring to Mercury, Venus, and Mars, are a little bit different in how they take on retrograde energy. With the outer planets, it can be a little bit different, but the rule of thumb, typically, is that if it's a personal planet that's going retrograde, so again, referring here to Mercury, Venus, or Mars, then this is a planet that um, their retrograde is going to affect us a little more heavily in our day-to-day -day life. So the outer planets, which are also the slower moving planets, so Jupiter and out, although sometimes, I don't know, I feel like some astrologers do consider Jupiter to be a personal planet. Um, the rotation of Jupiter, not the rotation, but the... Um, it takes Jupiter uh, a year to move um, completely around the sun. So I feel like that's kind of a while. It's definitely a pretty big window. So I consider Jupiter to be more of an outer planet. I think most other astrologers do as well, but that's somewhat debatable. Uh, but for me, the main personal planets that I consider to be really relevant in terms of how their retrogrades affect us are Mercury, Venus, and Mars. And all of the outer planets, because they take so much longer to move around the sun, their retrogrades end up lasting like six months, about half the year. So this would include Saturn, this would include Pluto. Um, Jupiter retrogrades are, I think, about four months usually. So their retrogrades are pretty long. Actually, Jupiter just stationed direct um, a couple of days ago in Capricorn. Or actually, no, that hasn't happened yet. At the time of my recording, this happens this weekend on Saturday. Jupiter will station direct, which is really exciting. But that's pretty different, so I just want you to understand the difference between when a personal planet goes retrograde and when an outer planet goes retrograde. Because outer planets are retrograde for such a long time that they tend to have, we still feel that energy, but it's more of a collective influence. And the feeling is much more subtle and the effect is more subtle. It's not gonna be as dramatic of a personal kind of experience. Whereas when Mercury goes retrograde and Venus and Mars go retrograde, we feel that shit pretty heavily in our day-to-day -day lives and exchanges and relationships. So it's kind of a big deal when these three planets go retrograde in particular. And their retrograde periods tend to be a little bit shorter. Venus retro is probably the longest. Venus can go retro for about three months tops. Uh, Mercury is usually only about two weeks to like three and a half weeks. So it just depends. Um, but it is a long time. And actually what's interesting is that Mars won't go retrograde again until 2022. So we're in a Mars retrograde period right now, officially, as of yesterday at the time of my recording. But we won't experience this event again until 2022. Um, so there is no Mars retro in 2021.
And this Mars retrograde in particular is very strong and powerful because it's occurring in his ruling sign, which is Aries. And so let's first, before we talk about the kind of long-term uh, Mars retrograde effects, let's first talk about when Mars stations direct. So anytime we have a planet stationing direct, or I'm sorry, <laughs> stationing retrograde or direct, anytime a planet uh, changes its direction, as Mars is doing or did yesterday, that really activates the energy of that planet for us here on Earth. And actually the same is true in that regard with the outer planets. So this weekend on Saturday when Jupiter stations direct, that's going to be a really active Jupiter day for all of us collectively, which brings in energy of luck, it brings in energy of extravagance, it brings in energy of just maximalism and self-confidence and... Um, excitement. So that's kind of a, a really positive. Um, I mean, I, I like to avoid using words like positive and negative, but that's definitely a really exciting astrological moment that we have coming up this weekend. But Mars stationing retrograde, which just happened yesterday, is a moment where Mars energy is really active, which sounds kind of counterintuitive because we are, over the next two months, going to experience a debilitation of Mars energy because Mars is moving retrograde. And again, I never finished this thought earlier, but the rule of thumb, typically, and again, this is kind of oversimplifying because, of course, it's not this, um, you know, straightforward, but Anytime we have a personal planet moving retrograde, usually it can be simplified into um, just kind of the, the explanation that we're going to experience a, a sort of compromisation of those energies. And so Mars energy is our assertiveness, it's our confidence, it's our willpower, it's our strength, it's our grounded ability to feel safe in our bodies. It is our masculine kind of more yang side, um, but it also can turn into anger. It can turn into jealousy. It can turn into competitiveness and just petty arguments and um, unnecessary non-constructive confrontation. So there's a distinct low vibe and a kind of high vibe expression of Mars energy, as you could pretty much argue there is for every single planet and sign. And it's actually funny that this is coming up now because people do often ask me like what the shittiest sign is or like the shittiest planet. And obviously like there are, there is something called um, a malefice planet in astrology, which is really old school terminology referring to the fact that that particular planet tends to bring um, heavy energies with any other planet that it forms an aspect to, but I don't really see it that way. And I think most modern astrologers don't really see it that way in terms of like good or bad. And there really are high vibe and low vibe expressions of every single planet and every single sign. I know that Scorpio takes a lot of, um, a lot of flack. So does Aries actually is a sign that's just like really angry. Um, a lot of the signs honestly get made fun of a lot in their own ways. And, you know, to a point, sometimes there's legitimacy to those claims. But for the most part, it is important to understand that we do have free will. And we do ultimately decide whether or not we want to be a high vibe person or not. And that's something that is true for every sign. We all have that moment of choice in our lives, and hopefully more than just one moment. 
But anyhow, so Mars in particular, though, I will say, <laughs> to be fair, um, does have an, an especially kind of low vibe um, expression if we're not channeling the energy appropriately. And it really is kind of a fine line, you know, there's a fine line between desire and jealousy and passion and anger and assertiveness and being a bully. And so that's kind of what Mars represents. And so Mars energy today, uh, again, at the time of recording, it's Thursday the um, 10th. And I would go as far as to say the next couple days, probably into the weekend, Mars energy, because Mars stationed retrograde yesterday on Wednesday the 9th of September, is just really active for this next couple of days. So I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't already experienced this in some way as just being really impatient with other people or maybe being really frustrated by other people, maybe sensing aggression or um, snark in other people's voices or language that isn't necessarily there. You might be feeling a little more defensive than usual. You might just be feeling a little bit on edge. You might be feeling just kind of like your feathers are ruffled already and anyone that looks at you the wrong way is going to regret it. And it's funny because I have felt this way and that's going to look different for everybody. As I said at the beginning of this episode, Mars energy really is something that we all have a personal relationship with. And this depends in part on our natal birth charts, but it also just depends on uh, how we express this kind of fiery nature that we do all have, but looks different for all of us. And I always talk about that with the wand suit of the tarot too. In that episode that I did, which was one of my first about the nine of wands, I talked about the fact that the wand suit of the tarot specifically is really hard to just sort of define as one thing because we all have such a different relationship to our respective inner fires and inner flames. And also our inner fires and flames look different too. So I'm not going to express my fiery side the way that you will or the way that someone else will. So it's really important to consider that as well. But I would be surprised if you haven't experienced some level of kind of that red ray masculine energy, which again, we are a little bit tempted right now to indulge in more of the low vibe expression just because Mars did just station retrograde. So that's a little bit of a frustrated kind of vibe, especially because Mars is in Aries right now, which is his ruling sign. So there's definitely a possibility of feeling that kind of frustration and, um, I just want you to know that, honestly, because there is a lot of that right now. Um, I work in the restaurant business, and I actually, at the time of recording, just got done work about an hour ago, and that definitely just is the mood, the temperature of um, the restaurant tonight, and all of my customers that I was chatting with, and my family who I work with, and my coworkers, like the vibe that I was exposed to today was definitely just like not conducive to like connection and like joy and vulnerability. It definitely was just kind of like frustrated and like a little bit tense and angry and like combative. So that is kind of the vibe right now collectively on the street. So I just don't want you to feel like it's you uh, if that is something that you're experiencing, especially just for the next couple days as we are so kind of becoming initiated for the lack of a better term into like this shift in this Mars energy. So now I want to talk about how we're going to experience this over the course of the next two months because this Mars energy is only active for the next couple days as we sort of adjust. And then once we adjust, it's going to feel pretty different. So the course of this retrograde 
is going to, as I said, debilitate Mars energy for better or worse. So it's not going to, things will cool down. We're not going to feel most likely super angry per se. Although again, it is going to be, it is going to vary. Um, some people, especially fire signed people or people that just have a lot of fire in their chart and a really active personal Mars are going to feel a little bit frustrated and stagnant and maybe even a little bit snarky. Um, but a lot of us are actually going to feel a little bit estranged from our more high vibe Mars nature. It might be harder, for example, for you to connect to your leadership over the next two months. You might lose excitement or motivation or energy or enthusiasm about a particular goal or project during this time. Because Mars is also just our pure raw vitality and excitement, our ability to um, get pumped and get motivated and create a goal or, you know, formulate a desire and then get the shit done that we need to get done in order to get to the end point. Mars is just that fire under our ass. And so during Mars retrograde, we can feel a little lost. We can sometimes just feel not very connected to our more goal oriented side. Um, and it can just be a little harder for us to get excited. Sometimes we experience literal depletion of our physical energy. You might need a little more sleep than usual. You might be feeling a little bit tired. You might feel a little bit disengaged or like lackluster enthusiasm about certain aspects of your life. There's so many different ways that this energy could affect you. And as I was saying earlier, it really does depend on your natal birth chart. And more specifically, I would say it kind of depends on whether or not you identify as more of like a Venus person or a Mars person. And this, by the way, has nothing to do with physical or identified gender. We all have like a yin and a yang aspect. We all have a feminine and a masculine side. We all have like a fiery kind of more Mars energy and we all have like a softer, more feminine, vulnerable Venusian energy. However, pretty much everybody, unless you are a very gifted, energetically ambivalent person, has a preference or an area where they're more comfortable. So you're probably either more comfortable in your feminine as being receptive, being, you know, vulnerable, talking about feelings, um, expressing your feelings, feeling your feelings in a state of pleasure, in a state of, you know, kind of presence. Or if you're more of like a Mars type or a, you hold space a little more effectively for the masculine, then you're probably more comfortable setting goals, getting shit done, checking shit off your to-do list, moving your body, um, there's two really, these are two different ways of kind of functioning. And again, it's totally, it's like being an introvert or extrovert. No one is truly just one and not the other. We really do all have a mix and we have access to both of these sides of ourselves all the time and can call upon them at will. So it's not just like you're just one and, or you're not the other. But as I said, the, the thing to emphasize is just that you do probably have one that you are more comfortable with. And for me, I actually think I am relatively comfortable with both in different circumstances. Um, however, I would say that overall, I am a, more of a Venus person. I don't have a lot of fire in my natal birth chart at all. I have virtually none. Um, so I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm an especially kind of fiery person. Um, Venus, however, is very 
prevalent in my chart. I have Venus in Pisces, which is a really strong placement. My moon sign is Cancer, which is a really watery, feminine, receptive sign. Um, so I really just have like a lot of femininity in my chart, and I feel like I'm way more of a yin personality than yang. That being said, I can absolutely tap into more of a high vibe Mars version of myself, especially at my job. Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, in my relationships, I do that as well, which I actually don't think has served me in the past. But I do definitely have access to that other side of myself. But because I am more of a Venus person, um, I feel like this Mars retro is not going to affect me the same way that it will, for example, affect my sister, who is an Aries moon. She's an extremely fiery individual, and she's also a Capricorn sun, which, though an Earth sign, is kind of like the fieriest of the Earth signs. Capricorn is still, it is actually considered to be a feminine sign, but there is also something very kind of Martian about Capricorn, in my opinion. Um, and Mars and Aries are just or I'm sorry, not Mars and Aries, but Capricorn and Aries are just very kind of simpatico signs. Um, so this is going to be trickier and more challenging for those who are more Mars types or those who rely a little more heavily on their masculine side because we're going to feel a little bit debilitated there. We're going to feel a little estranged from that part of ourselves. So if you're a Venus type, then you are honestly going to probably thrive over the next couple months. If you don't rely too heavily on your Mars vibe anyway, then you're not going to notice a huge difference and you're not going to feel as just kind of stagnant and lost and frustrated as those with lots of Aries or Leo or even Sagittarius in their birth chart or just a really active Mars placement. Um, so that's important to consider as well. And I feel like those that do have Mars, heavy Mars or just heavy fire in their chart, or they consider themselves to be more of a yang kind of masculine personality or energy, um, they are going to benefit more from this two-month period, but it, it's not going to be as comfortable. It's not going to be as comfortable of a two-month period because what I said in my weekly newsletter, which you know if you are subscribed there, the best antidote, honestly, to Mars retrograde in general and the best opportunity that's available to us right now is to access our Venus vibe more strongly. And honestly, that's what I always like to focus on. We talk about retrogrades. Again, there's such a fatalistic approach. Like we talk about what's going wrong. We talk about what not to do, but rarely do we really talk about what the opportunities are of a particular astrological event, or I shouldn't say rarely, but a lot of times, like a lot of pop culture astrology resources that I read are just a little more kind of pessimistic and often they're even incorrect with the extent to which they take their claims and assumptions. So I definitely want to say that um, this is a powerful chance to access your Venus vibe regardless of whether or not you are comfortable normally doing so. And so I hope that this is insightful for the fire signs who might be listening or again just for the kind of yang people listening because this isn't going to be totally comfortable for you. But really, we experience the most fortune and we feel our best during Mars Retro when we are just sort of surrendering to our more yin side, which again, we do all have. We just might not be as comfortable there as some other people that we know. So that really is the antidote, um, being vulnerable, being receptive, embodying your feelings, really pursuing and creating pleasure in the form of art, in the form of sensory body pleasure, um, in the form of sort of beautifying yourself and doing your makeup and making yourself look good and feel good and 
putting your attention into your kind of self-care aesthetic routines. Um, We also feel really good now when we are just creating harmony as opposed to uh, disarray in our relationships. And again, you know, this isn't always possible or wanted. Sometimes a relationship is over and that's fine. Um, Or sometimes a relationship didn't end well and we have made peace with the fact that you know, that's not someone that's healthy for us. That's not someone that we want in our lives. But even in that case where, you know, a a kind of in-person like conversation is not appropriate or possible or wanted because maybe someone is just very, you know, emotionally unsafe. Maybe they're physically unsafe. Maybe they are just too, you know, narcissistic to have the conversation or receive it. Or maybe for whatever reason, not making it about them, you've just decided that this is not someone that you want in your life. You don't want to have a relationship with them. And maybe you're not sorry per se. You don't have anything to say that you realistically want them to hear. But what you can still do, if you have any relationships that are coming to mind that are just sort of a sticking point for you, um, this is a really powerful time to do some forgiveness work around that, which does not involve a conversation. It doesn't involve seeing them. You can do this on people and with people that have passed on. And there's lots of different ways. You can obviously just write a, a letter that you don't send. That's a really common practice that a lot of people recommend for just kind of working out your feelings and forgiving someone. But what you can also do is um, you can literally just kind of call their higher self into counsel. And that's a really powerful thing to do, by the way. This doesn't require a lot of time. You don't have to physically write anything if you don't want to. Um, You can literally just take some time. You can kind of almost make it a ritual. You don't need to create a circle or, you know, per se, create sacred space, although I would recommend making it a ritual and burning some sage, cleansing the space, uh, taking a few deep breaths, making sure you're not going to be disturbed, and then just sort of meditatively call their higher self into counsel with your higher self and, you know, have say what you want to say from a space of being, you know, open-hearted and wanting to just sort of reconcile and restore harmony to the relationship. And I think that you will find if you do any sort of a practice like that, that your their energy of the relationship, whether this person is alive or not, whether this is a person that you actively see or are around or not, um, this relationship will change. And I think that can be a really beautiful gift of Mars retrograde too. So these are just a couple ideas and ways to work with this energy that are kind of empowering and healing. And again, you know, for some of us, this is an exciting prospect like me, I am like all about the feelings and the forgiveness and the harmony and the love. Um, But if you're not, this might sound strange and like a muscle that you're not used to flexing, but this is a really powerful opportunity for you to get a little more comfortable there. And I also want to say too, that a lot of the time, um, We talk about Mars retrograde as a period where we can feel a little lost, a little stagnant, and I've talked about this too, again, in the weekly newsletter. Um, I talked about Mars retrograde at length in this week's newsletter, and um, that's one of the things that I said, that we can definitely feel a little bit goalless, a little bit aimless. We can feel isolated or like estranged from our goals or maybe just less excited about them, or we might lose steam and feel like they're not realistic. But here's the deal. This is really not a time to future trip Mars retro. And in the event that you are feeling really different about any of your goals or dreams or anything that you are excited about, um, then what I recommend is to give it a second look, 
Because what's also possible is that your dreams and your desires and your goals have shifted. And a lot of times Mars retrograde can kind of present that to you and and show you that something's no longer fit, something that you've been working toward no longer genuinely feels good because you don't want that same outcome anymore. So Mars retrograde is a really powerful time to notice any sort of disinterest or lack of enthusiasm that might come up around a particular goal or area of life. And instead of just chalking it up to Mars retrograde, and admittedly, maybe this isn't the time to do anything decisive or back out of any big projects, um, but it is worth considering if maybe this, you know, dwindling enthusiasm is genuinely related to a shift in your your um, plans for the future, which, you know, is totally fine and happens. Like, we're allowed to change our mind. And sometimes this can be a powerful opportunity to sort of rethink our our plans and our goals. So there's definitely opportunities here, which again is what I like to focus on when talking about a retrograde. And honestly, we should be excited. This is a powerful time to really get in touch with what we want, uh, what we have been thinking that we want, and to really see if the two are similar. And I think that when Mars stations direct in November, we're going to have a much more alignment between what we've thought we wanted and what we actually do want. We're going to be much clearer and we'll be able to move forward with more confidence than we otherwise would have. So this is really a powerful opportunity. And then I kind of went off already about how we can consider Mars retrograde on a more individual scale and how you can start thinking about how you specifically and personally can work with this transit and also how it is likely to influence your life and your experience. Um, But I do want to just talk briefly about the astrology. So always with a transit like this, you want to look at where that planet is in your natal birth chart. So you want to look at the sign of your Mars. And you also want to look at the house in which your Mars is located. And this is very uh, easy to do. So if you have never listened to one of my astrology episodes before, I always just recommend going to astro.com. It's super easy. It's free. Literally just go to astro.com, fill in your information. Um, If you don't have your birth time, and you really can't text your mom or check your birth certificate and the time is not available to you, then you can just use midnight, although understand that there might be some discrepancies, unfortunately. So really do try to get that time if you can, if that's an option. And it will ask also for your specific location and then just the date of your birth, your name. Um, So enter all that information and you'll literally pull up your birth chart in a matter of seconds. And once you have your physical chart in front of you, you will be able to identify Mars, which is pretty um, easy. It's just the circle with the arrow pointing out of it. And once you find that in your birth chart, just look to the number of that little section, that little pie section, and that will tell you what house your Mars is located in. And then also if you look to the left, you will be able to see in that little key um, where uh, Mars is in terms of the sign in your natal birth chart. So for me, for example, my Mars sign is Aquarius, which also is my sun sign as well. And then I have Mars located in my fifth house. So the house where you have Mars is where you're a badass. It's where you are comfortable bringing this kind of more masculine energy. It's where you like revert to boss mode. It's where you um, are totally comfortable just exercising your leadership skills and being assertive and taking that shit like totally into your own control. And so because the fifth house rules creativity primarily, among other things, 
and that's where I have my Mars, that indicates an extremely creative person. Um, Mars in the fifth house brings powerful creative abilities and um, Without a creative outlet, though, this can also be like a very kind of self-absorbed Mars, but thankfully I do have a creative outlet. Um, I, I'm a very creative person and I'm pretty much always either writing or recording podcast episodes or putting together mojo bags for clients. Um, so I really do feel like my everyday life has a very creative element, which is really satisfying, but I know that if I didn't have that, I could potentially act out in ways that are probably not super high vibe Mars. But yes, yeah, so finding out where, what house your Mars is in is going to be the most important because that area of life is going to be, as I said, an area of life where you typically embrace these Mars vibes. However, because Mars is retro for the next two months, it's also going to reveal for you what area of life is going to be affected by this Mars retrograde. So for me, um, Mars retro, because Mars is located in my fifth house natally, this indicates that I might experience some of this kind of frustration and stagnance with my creative process. I might be feeling less creatively inspired. I might be feeling a little bit less enthusiastic about my creative projects that I have going on right now. I might lose touch with or sight of some of my more long-term creative goals. Um, the fifth house, by the way, also rules pleasure. Most especially it rules like what we do for fun, our leisure time, and most especially romantic love as well and flings. Um, so this Mars retro might wreak havoc on my romantic relationships. It might um, be kind of frustrating or some relationships might start to feel stagnant or I might feel, you know, like certain relationships aren't going where I want them to. Um, that would be something that I would maybe expect with a Mars retro if your Mars is in the fifth house. Um, it also does, the fifth house uh, rules parenthood as well. I'm not a parent. Um, so that's not necessarily anything that applies to me, but that could be something that might come under focus if Mars was retro and you have Mars in your fifth house. So just think about what that house kind of governs and deals with. And then that is going to be the area of life that for you is going to feel affected in some way by this Mars retrograde. But it's going to be in a way that we will ultimately, as I said, reemerge in mid-November, uh, early to mid-November, feeling more confident. We're going to feel like we are more in alignment with what we want. And so it is exciting. It's not just like, oh, this sucks. This area of life is going to suck for two months. That's totally not how it is. It just might feel stagnant. It might feel uncomfortable. It might feel weird. It might not feel like things are moving as quickly as they normally do. And so just kind of hold space, examine the things that come up, and again, allow yourself to have a change of mind and to you know shift your goals if need be. And again, you will have greater clarity in November. And that, that's what it is. And it's also, this is just an area of life too, where it's maybe time to slow down. It's time not to put too much pressure on yourself. It's time to just intuit your way through it and go day by day. Don't think too long-term. Don't, don't try to plan it. Um, just kind of feel into it. And I have to say that this already resonates for me because I have been feeling a little bit creatively frustrated lately. So I definitely feel reassured by knowing that this is normal for the fact that Mars is now retro and that if this feeling kind of continues to creep up, that I'm feeling a little bit creatively, you know, not myself and a little bit disinterested, then that's kind of normal. 
And that's my process. And I can hold space for that and just take a break and not force myself to do anything that I'm not feeling. And I will revisit any creative projects at a later time when it sounds good to me or I won't, but either way, you know, it'll be fine. So that's the main thing that I want you to think about is where Mars is in your birth chart in terms of house. That's going to really reveal how, or more specifically in what area of life this Mars is going to affect you, this Mars retro. And then also, again, just thinking about your nature. Are you more of a Venus vibe, babe, or are you more of a Mars vibe person? And again, this has nothing to do with physical or identified gender, because I know sometimes astrology can be a little bit heteronormative. And sometimes we use like really kind of almost sexist language to talk about these two planets in particular. And that's not at all my vibe here. That's not what I'm trying to say. There genuinely is kind of a yin and a yang that again, we all have, we all hold space for both. But usually we are more comfortable in one. And again, like I said, for me, um, it actually is different for different areas of life. Like I'm way more comfortable reverting to boss mode at work um, than I am like in other areas of life and vice versa for other different types of situations. So it is common that you are comfortable somewhat with both. But again, I definitely identify as more of a Venus vibe person. Um, and I know lots of people, actually all the women in my life, and I think this is just because I opposites attract and I'm more of a Venus vibe. All my favorite people, and especially my favorite women, um, are more like Mars vibe babes. My very best friend since we were like 12 um, is a very masculine woman. And I love that about her. Like we have so much in common though. We just have this amazing friendship chemistry. My sister is like that. Um, all, literally all my favorite females that are coming to mind are definitely more like Mars vibe babes. And I think that that's, you know, awesome. But these are the babes that are going to struggle a little bit the next couple of months in terms of comfort. They're not going to be super comfortable, but they are going to learn some things about accessing that heart chakra and that pleasure and just sort of taking things day by day. So that's going to be really powerful. And then also another way to think about how this particular Mars retrograde is going to influence you at the individual level, I recommend um, looking to see where in your natal birth chart we have 15 to 28 degrees of Aries because this Mars retro stationed retrograde at 28 degrees of Aries and he will station direct at 15 degrees of Aries. So wherever that zone is in your birth chart, so you want to look to the um, pie-shaped section of the circle that is labeled with the Aries glyph. And if you don't know what the Aries glyph is, it's intended to look like ram horns, but it's kind of hard to describe. So just look up the image quickly and then see which house number sits in Aries for you uniquely. And that's going to be the area of life that is probably going to experience some stagnancy, some frustration over the course of the next two weeks or two months rather, or you might have an experience to kind of readjust some of your goals or priorities in that area of life. So for me personally, even though my um, particular Mars is in my fifth house, meaning my Mars vibe comes out in the realm of creativity and also romantic relationships. Um, I also have Mars currently retrograde in my seventh house of relationships. So that indicates that relationships, again, which is kind of the um, similarity between the fifth and seventh house, relationships are probably going to come into focus for me as a source of possible frustration but also I'll be invited over the next two months to rethink some of my serious long-term relationship priorities and not just romantic ones, but the seventh house also introduces the possibility of partnership dynamics like business partnership, 
dynamics or even friendships, roommate situations, things like that. So um, you definitely want to know where Mars is retrograding your birth chart as well as where Mars is located in your birth chart to get the best picture of how it's going to influence you specifically. And I think that was everything that I wanted to talk about. Oh, in terms of crystal recommendations, which I always like to provide anytime we talk about an astrological transit. Um, so it's really good now to work with copper bearing minerals because copper is the metal that is closely connected to both the goddess and planet Venus. So anything, um, any copper derivatives, including malachite, chrysocolla, uh, shatakite, atacamite, turquoise, um, those are all, oh, azurite, these are all really good minerals to work with now um, to help you to kind of access your innate Venus 5, which again, you do have. It is there, regardless of whether or not you're super comfortable accessing it. This is the potential that you have, and there's lots of different crystals that you can work with to sort of help you access that side of yourself, and I really do think that the, the copper-bearing minerals are the best medicine for Mars retrograde, so stock up on those if you don't have them already. Um, I really do recommend that. And also, if you are a local person, I do have um, these little Mars retrograde kind of medicine mojo bags that I've made that are a really nice combination of crystals and minerals that sort of bring out and help you access your more high vibe Mars self because obviously that's important too, right? As I said, this will be a little bit compromised over the next two months, specifically in regards to whatever uh, area of life is ruled by the house in which you have Mars natally. So it's definitely important that you're still able to access your leadership skills, that you're still able to muster up the energy to get your shit done that you have to get done. Like obviously we want to make sure that those things are still working, that our high vibe Marcel is able to function at least to some extent while also holding space for the fact that it's okay, that it's not necessarily maybe where it usually or, or always is. Um, but I do have a lot of stones coming in that kit that are specifically to help you sort of stay in touch with your Mars vibe and not lose it too heavily with this retro, um, hematite and bloodstone. I'll just tell you if you might already have these in your collection, those are the two best stones by the way for that. So I would also recommend those actually, in addition to helping you, um, you know, get into more your Venus vibe, working with bloodstone and hematite just really help you to remain assertive, to remain strong. Um, they are actually said to boost your immunity and to boost your virility and your vitality and your vivaciousness. And we want to hang on to that, obviously. We need it now, perhaps more than ever, with everything going on in the world. So it's really important that we are kind of working with the minerals that access the Mars vibe too. But it's also a really good time to embrace this Mars break. Um, as a time to really kind of soften and access your your inner Venus. So that's what I recommend. Those are those are the crystals that I'm recommending that you work with right now. But again, if you're a local person, I've got these kits that I've specifically made for Mars retrograde that come with a really nice assortment of stones to kind of come at it from all angles. So you can feel free to send me an email if you want to purchase one for yourself. Um, again, I'm not shipping right now, so that's only if you are a local person. But that's everything. I don't think I wanted to say anything else. So that is, um, that's everything. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are excited, honestly, about Mars retrograde because it's certainly nothing to fear and it's going to be a really interesting two months. Um, I hope that you are feeling good about it. 
And yeah, take care of yourself. Oh, and before I let you go, I want to remind you to please subscribe to my weekly newsletter if you haven't done so already. I send it out every Tuesday, usually in the morning. Sometimes it comes out a little bit later, but in it, I talk about the astrology of the week. I pull a tarot card, which we discuss for the week. I publish a weekly gratitude list. I offer a crystal tip of the week. And sometimes I kind of treat it almost like an online journal. Like I dish about things that are going on in my life, things that I'm working through. I get pretty vulnerable there sometimes. So it's a really cool place to be. It's a fun way to stay in touch throughout the week as we, you know, negotiate the in-betweens of episodes. So please feel free to subscribe to that. Um, I will post the link down below in the description of this episode for you to be able to subscribe. And then also, if you have any questions, if you have anything that you would like me to cover on the podcast in regards to tarot, witchcraft, astrology, energy work, manifestation, law of attraction, um, and anything else, I think at this point you probably know what we talk about here, then please send me an email. I am extremely open to suggestions and any questions that you might have. Um, I definitely want heavy listener engagement um, to be a part of what shapes the direction that this podcast moves. And I can't do that without your feedback. So I would love to hear from you. Please send me an email. And again, I hope that you have an amazing experience with Mars Retrograde and um, take really good care of yourself. And I will talk to you very soon.